Welcome. So good to see everyone here. Glad you're here. Thanks for joining us in person. Thanks for joining us online. Jesus was walking down the street one day, and the Pharisees were planning their attack. And they asked him a question. Teacher, which is the greatest command in the law? Which we're still asking that question. People are still asking that question. Can you just, can you just boil it down to one? Can you make this easier? There's, there's too many. There, there's the Ten Commandments. There's 713 laws. Can, what's one? Can you just give us the one? And without hesitation, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So during the month of August, we are looking at love God, love others, make disciples. We told you about that in June, told you about that last week. And in August, we're going to look at each of our five core values, worship, outreach, youth, children's, and connections. And what does that look like for love God, love others, and make disciples? And so today, I want to talk about worship. If you want to get folks at church riled up, you want to get church um, uh, folks at church angry, you want to get folks at church really upset, just talk about worship. Churches have split over worship. Christians get upset when you talk about worship, which is interesting because at the, at the core of who we are, we're called to worship. We're called to worship God. If you've ever wondered, why am I here? Not Sunday morning. Why am I here on this earth? Worship. We're here to give God attention 24-7. Worship. Tim Woodruff writes, Worship is arguably the primary function of God's people. Worship. The first two commandments, the first two of the Ten Commandments are all about worshiping God, no other gods, no idols, no images. That has to do with worship. But here's the deal. Here's the hot button. I can tell you all day long, we should worship God. And nobody's going to get upset. And I can tell you all day long, we should not worship anyone but God. I don't think anybody's going to get upset. And I can tell you all day long, we're called to worship God 24-7 our entire lives. Our lifestyle should be a lifestyle of worship. Nobody's going to get upset. But if I start preaching on how we should worship, Man, Katie bar the door, and it's on. I got to thinking about all the things we fussed at about worship or argued over or even split when it comes to worship. All the things that get in the way of worship. All the things that we've demanded when it comes to worship. So I've made a list through the years. I've probably shared this with you before. Here's the things that Christians have fussed or argued or split over when it comes to worship. So the frequency of worship. The time of worship. My gosh, change a time of worship and you think we... Mmm. 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 <laughs> the order of worship. The participants in worship. The gender of the participants. The length of worship. The length of hair in worship. This is just my list from through the years. The clothing for worship. The location of worship. What happens in worship. The decor in worship. Seriously? Praise teams, support teams, projectors, songs, Lord's table, the location. Like Stephen said, we used to have this do in remembrance of me. And when we removed that table, 
Wow, wow. Pews or chairs? Choirs? Clapping? Raising hands? Pretty much anything you can think of when it comes to worship. We have fussed or argued or split when it comes to worship. Through the years, I've heard so many prayers that have said, Lord, we pray that our worship today to you is acceptable. I guess because we're afraid in the back of our minds, we might do something wrong. We might mess up. Something might not be acceptable. Almost as if to say, just in case we messed up, Lord, we're sorry if we messed up. We're trying to be acceptable to you. I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm sure you probably have as you read through Scripture. Don't you find it interesting that God really never mentions how we are to worship? And even that may get your attention. So I'm going to say it again. God never mentions how we are to worship. I remember when I was in high school and they had the guys come up because that was a scriptural way to do it. You had the table down front and guys would walk from the back and however we used to do it. And they'd, So the guy got up to pray and he prayed for the juice first. And an elder right here came up out of the and came down front and said, this is not how we do it. Read Luke. They did juice, bread, juice. You're like, I'm looking that up right now. <clears throat> the how of worship is never mentioned. The order of worship is never mentioned. What we do in worship is not specifically mentioned. How long we worship is not mentioned. All of the logistics of worship are really not mentioned. Maybe because those things are not the issue. Maybe because those things aren't important. I mean, think about it. How many places have you been that, that worship differently? I'm just talking churches of Christ. You can go to different churches of Christ and they worship differently. Across Texas, they don't worship the same. Across the nation, we don't worship the same. From decade to decade, those things we mentioned that some of y'all are thinking, we fussed about some of that stuff? Well, if you go back to 60s and 70s when I was there, from culture to culture, we don't worship the same. When missionaries go overseas, they don't worship the same. From Texas to Honduras to Hawaii, we don't worship the same. Maybe because the Bible's not explicit on the how. And yet we put a lot of emphasis on that. God is more interested in what is going on inside our bodies than any of the externals. Here's what we read in Scripture. God says, These people worship me with their lips but their hearts are far from me. So I put the heart of worship is worship from the heart. God says, these people are going through the motions. These people are giving me lip service. These people are, are more interested in all of the outward. And God says, I'm interested in hearts. You know, you can sit here all day long and in your mind you've done right. Because that's what's important to us is being right. Because we think when we go to heaven, we'll stand before God and say, but God, we were right. And if we're going to stand before God saying we were right, we don't need Jesus because we're putting more emphasis on our rightness than His righteousness. But you can sit here all day long and in your mind we've done it right and you've worshipped right and your, your worship's acceptable and your worship in your mind is good. I mean, maybe we didn't clap, so it's right. Maybe we didn't stand, so it's right. Maybe we didn't have any women up here, so it's right. We did it right and we go home and feel like we did it right. 
Again, that's a sermon in and of itself. We're more interested in being right than we are in worshiping. But listen, if your heart isn't right, it's not worship. You showed up, you sat here, you went through the motions, you gave lip service, and your hearts were far from God. The only constant when it comes to worship is God. If we don't put emphasis on God every week, then we are doing something wrong. That's the only constant. You want to know what's acceptable in worship? God wants His people to look up. God wants His people to magnify Him. God wants His people to focus attention on Him. God wants us to acknowledge that He's on the throne. God wants us to acknowledge that we are at His feet. And when you give God attention, that's called worship. And it doesn't matter where you are when you're doing that. Remember when Jesus encountered the woman at Samaria and she said, your people, the Jews, worship God over there in Jerusalem and our people, Samaritans, we worship God over on this mountain. Can, can you tell me where I can find God? Because I'm looking for God. And your people do it this way and my people do it this way. And Jesus basically says, it doesn't matter where you are. Look at what Jesus says. He responds and said, A time is coming and is now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is seeking people who will give Him attention. God is seeking people who will worship Him. God is spirit and His worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. So don't abuse that scripture and say, in reference to anything we do, well, that's not in spirit and in truth. Don't misquote that scripture just because you don't like something. Well, that's not in spirit and in truth. Don't abuse that scripture just because you don't like something. Now, anything you do that brings honor to God, that brings pleasure to God, is worship. It can be in this building. It can be outside this building. If it brings honor to God, it is worship. God invites us to worship Him. He says, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our God, our Maker, for He's our God. And we are the people of His pasture. So, let me give you one quick illustration today, and then I want to say some things to you about worship. So, I'm, I want to show you some, a couple of scriptures in Exodus 19. Let me tell you what's going on in Exodus 19. God's people are at Mount Sinai, and they're about to get the Ten Commandments. Before they get to Mount Sinai, a lot has happened. But God's about to descend, and He's about to give them the Ten Commandments. But this is one of the most climactic passages in Scripture. I, I love Exodus 19. So God has delivered the Israelites. He's led them through the desert. He's guided them um, with a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. He brings them to the edge of the Red Sea. They turn around. Here comes Pharaoh's army. They look ahead, and here's this impassable water. Here's this impassable body of water. And God separates the Red Sea, and they go over. And once they get over, the Egyptian army comes in, and, and God closes that Red Sea. And Moses sings, and the Israelites sing, and Miriam and all the women played tambourines, and they danced, and then God gathers His people at the bottom of Mount Sinai. He gathers His people to call them to be His people. He gathers His people to give them the Ten Commandments, and they're about to have a worship experience that they've never seen before. They've never experienced before. And you know what the Lord said to Moses before that happened? He says, Moses, listen. Make sure worship isn't too long today. Can you make sure the songs are all the old songs that we used to sing? 
And back there at the Red Sea, I really didn't like all those women dancing. We're not going to have any of that. And that tambourine stuff, it's got to go. And make sure communion's not too long or too short. And make sure the graphics and the font is the right size so I can read it from heaven. God didn't say any of that. You know why? Because when you're in the presence of God, those things shouldn't matter. That's why we sing. That's why we sing. God, we place you on the highest place. Not us. Not what we want. Not what we like. Not our demands. So check out what happens next. The Lord said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Be ready for the, by the third day, because on that day the Lord's going to come down on Mount Sinai. And it's, it's just get ready. We're fixing to worship. And here's what happens. On the morning of the third day, there was thunder and lightning and a thick cloud and a very loud trumpet blast. And everyone in the camp trembled. Moses led the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the foot of the mountain. Mount Sinai was covered with smoke. And the Lord descended on it in fire. And the smoke billowed up from it like smoke from a furnace. And the whole mountain trembled violently. And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. And I'm just thinking, and you can have your own opinion. I'm just thinking there were probably people saying, you know... I don't like all the thunder and lightning stuff. And the smoke, it's messing with my sinuses. <laughs> and what's up with that trumpet stuff anyway? And can we turn down the volume a little bit? I sure hope that doesn't cause all the women to start dancing again. None of that was recorded. Because none of that was said. Because when you're in the presence of God, those things shouldn't matter. I think we spend way too much time looking around in worship instead of looking up in worship. I mean, how would you respond if next week when you come in, we start dimming the lights? You know, we've done that a little bit to remind you we're fixing to start. And, and we start blowing some smoke on the stage just, you know, for some effects. And we play the roar of thunder and blasts of lightning. And we flicker those lights. And maybe we install rumble seats so, so y'all can like that. And, and that's what we need for worship here in Belton. And some of y'all might be thinking, oh, that would be awesome. And some of y'all would be thinking, Richie, you know that is not scriptural. And some of you might be thinking, if this is the way it's going to be, I'm going to church somewhere else. But I just wonder if anyone be, would be thinking, wow, we serve such an awesome God. What I see when I read Exodus 19 and what I learn about in uh, worship is this. Worship, it's all about him. For whatever reason in the church, I think we've become critics, Sunday morning critics. And if we don't like what we see, we just go somewhere else. Because if I'm not getting something out of it, I'm entitled to go somewhere else, said no one at Mount Sinai. So here's what I'm getting at. Just had a little humor today. 
The how of worship is not, in, not addressed in Scripture, but the, why, the heart of worship is. As we move forward with love God, love others, make disciples, let's focus upwards and not focus around us. I want to say this, just so you hear it. So I better read it. We're not trying to do anything wrong with worship. If you're thinking, we wake up on Sundays thinking, what can we do to mess everybody up today? We're not trying to do anything wrong in worship. And we're not adding women in worship, as you've seen in families. We're not doing that to be wrong. Let's stick some families up there. That'll run some people out. We need to whittle down a little bit. We're not trying to do that. We're not doing anything to be wrong. We're simply trying to create a worship experience. And it bothers me to even say that. But we're trying to create a worship experience which is uplifting and encouraging and magnifies God. That's all we're trying to do. So the next time you catch yourself saying, you know, that just doesn't do anything for me. I will say, look in the mirror and check your heart. Because we're not really trying to do anything for you. We're trying to do something for God and give Him attention. So instead of getting bent out of shape, let's spend more time with a bent towards God Got this up. When you're in the presence of God, which is, I'm calling that a function, the logistics don't matter. I call that the form. Right heart is more important than right method. We should never be more concerned with the how of doing worship than the who we worship. Worship is about God. He is the audience, and He deserves our full attention. So as we talk about love God, love others, and make disciples... Um, Quentin's going to come up and he's going to share with you how we're trying to be intentional with worship. I'd like to start by reading a verse right quick. It come from, comes from Colossians 3.16. And it says this, Let the message... Of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I think that uh, one of the things that, that, that I want to tell you is that growing up in the Church of Christ my whole life, I've always been around four-part acapella singing. And there's a lot of, of y'all in, in, in this auditorium right now that grew up the same way I did, and that's just the way that we've always done it, right? Um, there's a lot of y'all that didn't grow up that way. And um, I think that's something that you probably came here or some other Church of Christ and thought, wow, this is very different. But I'm going to tell you, I don't think different is necessarily bad. I think what we do in our worship on Sunday morning with singing uh, and, and singing a cappella I think it's, I've been to other worship services that are not a cappella, and I think that there's something about the way we do it that brings us together. There's a connection there, because the only way that we make music is we make music together with all of us giving our efforts, and I, and I think that we need to capitalize on some of that. Um, so, how do we, how do we, um, how do we make worship better? Well, worship 
on Sunday morning is one thing. So we could use more help with AV. We could use more help with the sound booth back there, running slides. I've got two kids that are fixing to go off to college, and that's some of our best slide turners are fixing to go away. So if that's something of interest, would love to talk to you. We are doing live stream now, and we need more help with that because that gets our worship into people's living rooms, and we need help with that. So if you have an interest in that, please let me know. Um, we're always looking for more praise team singers to help with our harmonies and all those kinds of things. Uh, we are looking for people like that. Um, some of y'all I've hit with, would you be willing to do the communion thought? Was it not awesome to watch the Baldridges and their whole family up here this morning? To watch little ones, to older ones. We want the 99-year-olds. We want the 2-year-olds. We, we would like to include all in our worship. And I think that's something that we've been focusing on more and more, is getting more people involved. And so that's prayer, reading scriptures, communion thoughts, all of those things. Helping with the communion up here with the trays and all of those things. We would like to involve everybody in, in those things. So if those are things that you're willing to do, step out of your comfort zone, we encourage you to do that. If that's something you're willing to do, please come talk to me about that. I think that there are times where we could take it outside of this building as well. We got Camp K. We've got VBS that just happened. We've got LTC in the spring. Those are all opportunities that we can help our kids worship and learn how to worship and teach them how worshiping God is extremely important. It's, it's, it's our purpose of why we're here. I think about other things that we do with our worship, with Sunday nights of praise. We've actually started doing some singing once a quarter and having ice cream and things like that afterwards. And I think that's something that we're going to continue to do. I think that's been a hit in the last uh, couple of times we're doing it. We're going to do it again in September. Um, I think that's opportunities to possibly bring somebody else in who's not experienced a cappella singing the way that we do it, to, to invite others to say, just, just come sing with us, you know? I think, I think you'll enjoy this. Um, I think about all the nursing homes and the, the places that, retirement communities, things like that where people just can't get out. There's so many opportunities to go and share the gift of our, of our a cappella music with that. It's not all about a cappella singing. This is just some of the things that I've talked about. Christmas caroling. I would like to, like to bring back the Christmas caroling back in, in, in December and going and Christmas carol to our shut-ins and all of those things. Um, we have community events. This week, uh, Lee Bennett asked me if we would be part of the community-wide uh, night, of, night of praise, and he's asked for us to come and participate in that. So we're probably going to get praise team together and do that, but we would... I'm inviting you now. It's October 13th. Come and be part of that. And when, when our group gets up, sing along with us because y'all are going to be the ones that know the songs we do anyway. So I think there's, there's so many opportunities. That's just music. But the awesome thing is, is that our worship is beyond our music. Our worship is beyond what we sing here on Sunday mornings. It's about going out. So worship falls right in line with outreach, it falls in line with our youth and our children's, and it definitely falls in line with our connections. Our worship is, is coming together, like Stephen said. We come together as a family, and we worship together because that's the connection we have is worshiping together. Um, and I want to say one last thing, and then we're going to end in song. Um, 
you know, uh, about three weekends ago, we had a, a guest worship leader, Thurman Metters. And uh, many of y'all, I thought, this dude's awesome. But I have to tell you, he, he told me after service, he said, oh my goodness, your church can sing. Like, y'all can really sing. He said, I've, I've, led, I've led worship at other big churches all over the place. Y'all can sing. And I just want y'all to know that, that to encourage you that, that people coming from outside of our walls, coming in on a Sunday morning, we want them to be uplifted. We want them to be encouraged to sing. I want to encourage all of y'all to sing. That's part of, of what we're here for. But there's so many other things that maybe singing is not your thing. Maybe you can't carry a tune in a bucket. But maybe you're a baby charmer and we need you in the nursery, right? Maybe you do other things extremely well. Maybe singing's not your thing. But there are ways that you can show your worship by what you do and the talents you have and the gifts that God has given you. And I encourage you, think hard about what your talents are. Everybody knows what their talents are. Maybe you don't want to admit what your talents are sometimes. But everybody has a talent. And it's a matter of, are we using that to glorify God? Are we using those talents to worship God in what we do?